Good morning, friends. Before we move into worship, I feel that God has laid on my heart a, a word, a pastoral word, to share with you in this time of national pain and anguish. Jesus said, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. When we hear that, it's important to understand that peace isn't merely the absence of conflict. Literally, that phrase is, blessed are the shalom seekers. If you know what shalom means, it's more than merely the absence of conflict. It's to seek, to desire, to work towards and to hunger for peace and justice and righteousness. To put it another way, peace isn't merely an unbroken storefront window. Peace isn't merely a quiet street. Peace is when we reach with all our hearts for what God intended in the way he intended. A dear friend of mine this week said something brilliant that's remained with me all week. He said, we must not say that it's awful to have our African-American brothers suffer such prejudice, but we can't be breaking store windows. My friend said, that's backwards. We must say it's awful to break store windows and loot businesses, but we can't have our African-American friends being murdered and abused. In this time, God has called us to be peacemakers, shalom seekers. And there's three simple ways to do that. The first one is to listen. We need to listen. I, I'm amazed at how many of my friends have no knowledge or very little knowledge of the awful, ongoing history of racism in our country. So listen, learn, hear the stories of our fellow citizens. Second, second, we must be willing to pray. In the end, it is prayer that will conquer this wickedness in our land. You know, I was moved when another friend of mine shared with me and said this, he said, Greg, nobody is more angry about a police officer who does bad than a good police officer. And that's an insight that only comes through prayer. So we must listen, we must pray. And then finally, the last thing we must do is we must ask ourselves, how can I become an anti-racist? Not just how can I not be a racist, but how can I become an anti-racist? There's a beautiful story I finish with that comes from North Carolina this week. A large number of police, a large number of protesters found themselves facing each other. And and suddenly, members of both groups began to kneel down in front of each other. Pretty soon, all of them were kneeling down in front of each other. And then as they saw one another doing that, they began to clap and applaud each other. And very quickly, tears were flowing, and there was supernatural power in the moment. That's the answer to this season. Jesus said, except a man be born again, he can't enter the kingdom of heaven. May we pray that we are born again from the inside out in our regard and our love for one another. That's the way forward. That's where the hope is. Listen, pray, engage. God bless you. Thank you, Pastor Greg. Church, welcome to Church Online today. Let's approach worship today with a posture of praise and recognize that there is only one that can change a heart. Jesus, we worship you, we praise you for who you are. Yes, we praise you. Church, would you join us and sing these words? Let praise be a weapon that silences the enemy. Let praise be a weapon that conquers all We sing your name. 
proclaim that it's true. I'm not afraid. No, I'm not afraid. Come on. To show you my weakness. My failures and flaws. Lord, you've seen them all. And you still call me friend. Amen. Cause the God of the mountains is the God of the valley. And there's not a place your mercy and grace won't find me again.
Redeemer. He is so worthy of our praise. Lord, what more can we do but say thank you, but to worship you for who you are? God, we need you right now. We need you so bad right now. We need you more and more and more of you. So we offer up this praise to you. We offer our hearts to you. We stand in a posture of praise because you are the only one with the power to change a heart. And we ask that you would continue to draw us closer to you. Continue changing our own hearts. We worship you and we love you. As your church, in Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen, church. Thank you for worshiping our amazing God with us today. Hey, thanks for worshiping with us. We really enjoy and are so glad that you're here with us online. We love this opportunity to be able to connect with you. We also want to encourage you to be involved with a local church family. So if Enumclaw is your home or the surrounding areas, please, we want to be connected with you as your local church. You can text MRCC to 94000 so that we can stay connected with you the best way we can and get you connected, especially once we start gathering together in person. Uh, But if you don't live in this area, we want to encourage you to be involved with a local church because that is your body of Christ. Yeah, and speaking of 
connecting with your local church. We have a lot going on here this week. Pastor Greg is teaching systematic theology and word works via Zoom. Uh, this past Wednesday, culture was allowed to meet outside, uh, which was awesome. Um, and they are gonna continue to do that weather permitting. If not, they will be doing Instagram Live. Uh, Impact also is meeting via Zoom on That's Wednesday fourth night. And fifth graders. Fourth and fifth graders, yeah. <laughs> and then Young Adults uh, meets uh, via Instagram Live as well. To get all of this information, uh, either reach out to us, uh, call the office, reach out to us on Facebook, or follow our Facebook page, and those will have all of the, the links and events going on. Right, you can get on Facebook, you'll know what time everything is, and yeah. our church office is open right now, yes. so feel free, 9 to 4, uh, give us a call, we want to connect with you that way as well. So it's yeah. a great way to stay connected. Uh, and of course, today is our kids' church drive-through yeah, party. Uh, we're super excited yes. for it. We haven't seen a lot of the kids, maybe a few of them on the walk, but uh, we've just really missed them. Yeah. And so rain or shine, I know that the weather forecast is for rain, but on, kids don't mind, no. yep, and we are in Washington, so we're going to run and move forward with it uh, because your kids will really only be out of the car for just a few minutes, maybe even 30 seconds. There so you uh, you're just drive through the parking lot and there'll be a spot where your kids will be invited to jump out of the car to be able to race for a few Easter eggs. Sweet. And then of course we've got an ice cream treat and some goodies for them here. So we're just excited to celebrate with them the best way we can. That's awesome. Uh, so we're excited. That's Come on awesome. down, join us even in the rain. Yeah. And <laughs> even in the rain, we're still having the fellowship walk after church, 1230 right. to 130 on the Enum Claw Buckley Trail. So no matter what, we'll be there. Awesome. You know, I think I forgot to mention the time. If you look at the Facebook event mm, yes. for the drive through party, uh, the times are there because we have different times allotted for each age group. So check that out. Make yeah. sure you come on down. And uh, we're going to turn this over now to Brent and Josh, our youth pastors, uh, just to have a celebration and honor our seniors. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Hello, church fam. We just wanted to take a quick couple moments to honor our 2020 graduating seniors. Seniors, we love you. We're proud of you. We know it's been a crazy, tricky year for you, but we just want you to know that we love you. We've all been uh, kind of confused during these times, but uh, most of all, this has affected you guys. You haven't been able to have your senior prom. You guys didn't get to walk, and we know that's really rough, but we want you to know we're so proud of you guys, and we love you, and we're so proud of all the accomplishments and achievements you guys have made this year. We love you. And along the way, through the season of transition and change, don't forget uh, to pursue Jesus in everything you do, and things will have a way of just working themselves out. And not only that, don't forget you have an awesome church family here loving you and supporting you and lifting you up in prayer. We love you guys. We hope this blesses your day. You were here, but you're not Cause the drinks bring back all the memories Of everything we've been through Toast to the ones here today Toast to the ones that we lost on the way Cause the drinks bring back all the memories And the memories bring back memories Bring back your There's a time that I remember When I did not know no pain When I believed in forever And everything would stay the same now my heart feel like December When somebody say your day Cause I can't reach out to call you But I know I will one day yeah. Everybody hurts sometimes Everybody hurts someday yeah, yeah. But everything gonna be alright Gonna raise a glass and say yeah. Here's to the ones that we got Cheers to the wish you were here, but you're not Cause the dreams bring back all the memories Of everything we've been through Toast to the ones here today Toast to the ones that we lost on the way Cause the dreams bring back all the memories And the memories bring back, memories bring back your Memories bring back, memories bring back your there's a time that I remember When I never felt so lost And I felt all of the hatred Was too powerful to stop oh, yeah. Now my heart feel like an ember And it's lighting up the dark I'll carry these torches for ya And you know I'll never try yeah. Everybody hurts sometimes Everybody hurts someday yeah, yeah. But everything gonna be alright Say, hey. Here's to the ones that we got oh, 
the drinks bring back all the memories of everything we've been through. Well, good morning, church, and welcome. It's great to be with you again. Boy, am I looking forward to getting my hair cut. Uh, I know you're probably looking forward to that as well, kind of like watching a car wreck in slow motion, but we'll get there. We're closer than we've ever been, and I'm looking forward to that. I'm thrilled to be with you this morning. Grab your Bible, open it to Hebrews chapter 3, and we're going to continue our journey together through Hebrews. Uh, remember what we're, we're doing is uh, getting above uh, everything that's happening in our world, remembering that there's an eternal gospel, and while we deal with things here on earth, the ultimate story is an eternal one. And, and God's word speaks to us knowing that there's things happening on earth. So when we put his word first, uh, we always grow from it. So Hebrews chapter 3, turn there if you would. And, and while you're doing that, let me ask you, do you have any personal heroes? Do you have any people that, that you personally look up to? Uh, or admire in some way. We, we all do. Uh, I thought I'd share just a couple of mine with you. There's, uh, there's this guy. I mean, come on, who doesn't love Mr. Bean? It doesn't get better than Rowan Atkinson. He's one of my heroes. Then there's also this guy. You know, when my day comes and I'm getting towards the end of things here on earth, I hope I've got half as much joy and spirit as he does. He's a personal hero. And then there's the parents who came up with this Halloween costume. Take a look at this. Yeah, it doesn't get much better than that. Uh, but seriously, who are some of your personal heroes? Uh, the serious ones. I, I, I have a few. Um, I think of my grandfather, who uh, meant so much to me as a boy. I think of my wife and her love for kids' ministry. She's been doing that for so long, and her passion has only increased. Her joy and desire to serve in that way has only increased. I think of these four people, each of whom has become for me an inspiration. Dwight Eisenhower, a former president. Pastor Tony Evans, my favorite pastor, if I can say that or, or, or have a favorite pastor. C.S. Lewis, who has taught me so much about what it means to love God with all your mind. And Mother Teresa, who taught us all what it means to see other people as Jesus among us. All heroes, I have mine, you have yours, and heroes serve an important purpose in our lives. They inspire us to be more than what we already are, and they challenge us to live to a higher standard. And in that way, they are invaluable to us. But friends, heroes can also be dangerous when we mistake what we see in them for the full truth about God. To, to put this another way, what if you had to choose between your personal heroes and Jesus? What if you had to choose between them because on some issue you never anticipated or in some way you never suspected they actually disagree? The writer of Hebrews is going to talk to us uh, about that reality, about our need to make that choice. Lots of people are wrestling with that question these days as our nation struggles. And we wonder, who do we follow? Who do we listen to first? Who has the answers? Well, here in Hebrews chapter 3, God calls us to look first to the Son of God and only afterwards to our heroes. I invited you to turn to Hebrews chapter 3. Let's begin with verse 1 and listen to the Spirit of God speaking to us this morning. Here's what the Bible says. Therefore, holy brothers who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus, the apostle and high priest whom we confess. 
He was faithful to the one who appointed him, just as Moses was faithful in all of God's house. But Jesus has been found worthy of greater honor than Moses, just as the builder of a house has greater honor than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of everything. Moses was faithful as a servant in God's house, testifying to what he said. But Christ is faithful as a son over God's house. And we are his house if we hold on to the courage and hope of which we boast. Now, to give you a little context here, you want to understand that for the Jews of this moment, when Scripture was first written, Moses was a great hero, arguably the greatest of all heroes. All devout Jews looked up to Moses, and there were some very good and specific reasons why they did. Moses was faithful to God. He was a model of that, meaning that he was obedient and devoted, and he belonged to God wholeheartedly. Because he, uh, he belonged to God in that way, he stood up to Pharaoh, and he stayed with Israel in the wilderness, even when leading them became very difficult, even when they rebelled against him as a leader. He chose to suffer oppression with the oppressed rather than hide from it and take the easy out to escape from it. Moses was faithful and the Jews admired him for that. They admired him because the law came through him. God used Moses in that great moment on Mount Sinai with the Ten Commandments. God used Moses to define right and wrong and good and bad. And so in the Jewish mind, Moses himself was almost indistinguishable from the law, from what is good and bad, from what is right and wrong, kind of like sometimes our heroes are. They thought of him the same way that we think of George Washington or Abraham Lincoln or Martin Luther King. They thought of him as defining right and wrong and good and bad. So he was a hero. Even more, Moses, the Bible says, was friends with God. The scripture says that God spoke to the prophets through visions and parables, and he spoke to Israel as a whole in, in miracles and powerful deliverances. But with respect to Moses, Exodus chapter 33 says, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks with his friend. You know that you and I have different conversations with our close friends than we do with everyone else. That's how it was with Moses and God. And the Lord personally reinforced this distinction many times. For example, in Numbers chapter 12, verse 6 and following, when God said, uh, when a prophet of the Lord is among you, he's speaking to Israel, I reveal myself to him in visions. I speak to him in dreams. But this is not true of Moses, for he is faithful in all my house, and with him I speak face to face, clearly and not in riddles. He sees the form of the Lord. So understand that the Jews looked up to Moses as the greatest of heroes. Uh, he was thought by the writer of the Hebrews as Jesus' audience as the human being who was most intimate with God. But the writer of Hebrews, while acknowledging that, is going to make a distinction. He's going to say that while Moses spoke to God face to face, Jesus is God's face. And he's going to call us to acknowledge that. He's going to say, it's great to have Moses for a hero. But understand that Jesus comes even above Moses in our hearts. And that's the point. You and me have people in our lives like Moses was to the Jews, people we admire strongly, to whom we turn when stuff gets really tough or really personal. But, but church, hear me. Sometimes those relationships can get in the way of our going to God, of our hearing from God, of our listening to what God is saying. To put it another way, we don't need a Moses as much as we need a Jesus. And that's what the writer of Hebrews is saying. Think about it this way. Have you ever known a teenager who somehow became more influenced by their friends than their parents? 
If you're that parent, you know what it feels like to say, oh, son, daughter, I want you to have friends. I want you to connect with them. I want you to learn from them. But please don't ever make the mistake of listening to them more than you listen to me. Because my love for you is greater. My wisdom is deeper. That's the idea here in Hebrews chapter 3. We love our kids with a wisdom that no friend can match. And Jesus loves us with a wisdom that neither our friends or our heroes can match. It's worth asking yourself in these troubled times, are you more interested in what your friends think than what God thinks? Some of us choose what we say or do more because of what our friends might think or maybe our heroes might think, then we do what God thinks. You know, if I can get personal with you, many years ago, when I was a new and very young pastor, I went through a season of real struggle because it was harder than I ever imagined it would or could be. I, I couldn't believe how much it demanded from me. And I felt like my soul was dying. And I turned to a trusted friend a personal hero and I asked him what I should do and he sat with me in my home and he said Greg I don't believe that God would call you to do something that makes you so unhappy And when he said that I felt a great relief because it seemed to me that my hero had given me permission to step back from my calling but when I got home uh, later that night and, and started thinking about it, I realized that my hero was completely wrong. He spoke from a genuine love for me, and he was using all his wisdom, but he wasn't God. He wasn't Jesus. And as I sat there in my home, I realized that the real Jesus said this to me, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever, whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will save it. My friend, my personal hero spoke to me as a Moses. But Jesus speaks to me as a God. So who do you listen to first? The people who are your heroes or God himself in Christ. You've got to make a choice. We've got to make a choice. Because sometimes your dearest friends will recommend things that come from their love and their wisdom, but not from the greater love and wisdom of God. A friend wrote to me this week and he said, man, Pastor Greg, your sermon last week was making me so angry. He said, and then about halfway through, I realized why. God was telling me something I didn't want to hear. He said, thank you for being faithful to do that. Yeah, that's what the writer of Hebrews is inviting us to do, is to listen to God above and before everyone and everything else. All of us who choose to follow Jesus face moments like that. In fact, we face them again and again when he wants to change our minds, sometimes even contradicting our heroes. That's why Jesus said, blessed are you who hunger and thirst for righteousness. He says, it's awesome to want that even more than other things. Church, the most powerful influence in your life and mine is whatever you believe about God. The writer of Hebrews says, get that from God directly. Get it from Jesus directly. All, all sorts of crises are going to come into our lives that require us to choose between his voice and other voices. Such moments are what the writer of Hebrews is thinking about in the very next passage, verses 7 to 15. Listen to what the Bible says. So as the Holy Spirit says, today if you hear His voice, don't harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the desert, where your fathers tested me and tried me and for 40 years saw what I did. That's why I was angry with that generation. I said, their hearts are always going astray. They have not known my ways. So I declared on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. The rebellion that the writer of Hebrews is talking about is when the people began to listen to voices other than that of God. They listened to Miriam and Aaron, and they listened to the spies saying that entering the promised land would be hard. Instead of listening to the God who said, I will lead you in. I brought you out of Egypt. I will lead you into the promised land. Who are you tempted to listen to before you listen to Jesus? Political voices? 
popular voices, maybe angry voices, maybe voices that say only what you want to hear. Who are you tempted to listen to? The writer of Hebrews saying, no, 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 elevate Jesus above those other voices in your heart. Seek his counsel before any other. Do everything his way so that he can lead you to the kingdom of heaven. And so verses 12 and 13 of this passage, Hebrews 3 says this, See to it, brothers, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. You know, it's possible to turn to Moses and away from Jesus. It's exactly what the Jews of Jesus' day did. But encourage one another daily as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be, and catch this phrase, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Meditate on that for a moment. You see, church, here's what we're going to understand. Sin isn't just disobedience. It's self-mutilation. It is a lie which produces a hardness from the inside out. The more you believe the lies of sin, the less you want to obey God. See, that's the fearful part of sin. I remember when I worked in the emergency room and we would regularly see drug addicts and, and alcoholics whose habits, whose pursuit of their habits had destroyed their health. And the sad thing was that despite the condition that they were in, so many didn't want help. <laughs> They were sick and dying, but they had to be brought in by the police because they didn't care anymore. See, that's what sin does. It hardens from the inside out. And that's why God wants us to listen to him instead. Keep giving in to your anger, and eventually you can't stop. Keep giving in to your lust, and eventually you can't stop even when you want to. Keep giving into your greed or fear or envy. The story is the same. Sin hardens us from the inside out. That's what the writer of Hebrews wants us to understand, that we wouldn't be hardened by its deceitfulness. We sometimes think that God is saying, don't sin or I'll abandon you. But that's not what he's saying at all. The real message of Scripture, what God is actually saying is, don't sin or you will abandon me. And that's what he wants to prevent, that hardness that comes from sin's deceitfulness that causes us to turn away from his voice. You see, church, the whole message of the gospel is that God can and will conquer sin in your life and mine. He does that on the cross. The scripture says if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth isn't in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful. He is just and he will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. In the end, the problem isn't sin itself, but our unwillingness to confess it and to receive God's grace and fathering. Have you ever despaired over your child's unwillingness to listen to you? If so, then you know what the Father is feeling, and what the Spirit is saying in this passage. The worst part of sin is that it deceives us about who God is. That's what the writer of Hebrews means when he says, don't be hardened by its deceitfulness. It deceives us about who God is. You know, I love to tell the story that in high school, Rhonda and I, we've been married 35 years now and are looking forward to a billion more. In high school, though, when we first met and knew each other, we couldn't stand each other. She was way at the bottom of my list. I was way at the bottom of her list. We were in opposite social groups, and we in our hearts despised one another. I thought of her as the establishment girl, school government, you know, the, 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 the one who's uh, cooperating with the unrighteous establishment. And she thought of me as the... Uh, undisciplined, chaotic anarchist. <laughs> we just didn't want anything to do with each other. Our 16-year-old selves would never have imagined that the other was their life's love. But we were. Sin, in the same way, deceives us into thinking of, that God isn't who He is and prevents us then from going to Him with our confession in order to receive his grace. Because of this, in the very next two verses, verses 15 and 16, God call, the, the Bible says, God calls us to stay with him over the long haul so we can discover more of who he is. Listen to Jesus above all your heroes and do so over the long haul 
so that you can discover more deeply who he is. Look at verses 15 16. The Bible says, We have come to share in Christ if we hold firmly till the end the confidence we had at first. As has just been said, today if you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. Who were they who heard and rebelled? Were they not all Moses led out of Egypt, all who had Moses as a hero? And with whom was he angry for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned and their bodies fell in the desert? And to whom did God swear they would never enter his rest, if not to those who disobeyed? You see, the idea is that these people had been saved out of Egypt, not because of their own righteousness or power, but by God's grace. And yet... They didn't enter the rest God prepared and planned for them. They perished in the desert instead because they stopped trusting in his grace, because they allowed sin to harden their hearts and deceive them about who he is. God calls us away from that. He calls us to listen to Jesus above our heroes and to do that over the long haul so that we can know more deeply who God really is. I love the story of the man who prayed and said, Lord, I haven't sinned against you today. I haven't taken your name in vain. I haven't been angry or violent with my brother. I haven't lied or cheated or stole. I haven't been unfaithful to my wife. But in a minute, I'm going to get out of bed. So please help me throughout this day. Yeah. You understand what we're saying. We must understand that, that uh, when we stop believing in God's grace, we lose the power of it. And we can only believe in His grace when we listen to Jesus above every other hero. When you listen to some other hero instead of Him, you disconnect from the power of who He is. During the 2002 Winter Olympics, the USA skate team was heavily favored to win. It was led by a superstar, Apollo Ono. They had broken records, set records, dominated all the competition. The whole world knew nobody was faster. But at those 2002 Olympics, that same U.S. team, led by that same superstar, recorded one of the slowest race times in Olympic history. Why? Because early in the race, one of them, they were a team, slipped and fell. And having seen that, everybody on the team just gave up and coasted. They just went through the motions. Now here's the reality. They hadn't lost any ability. What they had lost was hope. When we listen to Jesus, we remain connected because we see who God really is. And that hope sustains us. When I became a believer, uh, I, I felt in my, in my soul, God, I never want to sin against you again. But all of us who've had that experience know that the day came when I did. And that's when I discovered that his grace was even greater than I thought. Because he stayed with me. Because he forgave me. Because like a good father, he urged me to get up and try again. In the same way, we are tempted to stop believing in God's grace, and that's what the writer of Hebrews is warning against here. The loss of hope doesn't happen because we sin, but because we give up on grace. John writes, My dear children, I write to you so that you won't sin, but if anybody does sin, we have one who comes to the Father in our defense, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. It's a nonsensical exhortation if Christ followers don't struggle with sin. But knowing that Jesus speaks up for us in those moments, in our worst moments, is what binds us to him most. And that's why the writer of Hebrews says, you must listen to Jesus even above all your heroes, even above your Moses. When I was in high school, I finished with this story. I got caught climbing around in an area of the school that was restricted, that we were not supposed to be in. And, and when I was caught, the assistant principal wanted to call the police and involve them. You know how the vice principal is. Ferris Bueller learned all about vice principals. But, but 
In that moment when I was in the school office and being confronted and I had been caught, one of my teachers came in and he said to the principal, the vice principal and everyone involved, he said, I know Greg, I don't think we need to involve the police. He spoke up for me in spite of my actions. That's what Jesus does for us. And that's why we must listen to him above all of our heroes. That's why we must listen to him first. Because when we do, we hear who God is. And that gives us the courage, the faith to go to him when we fail. So let me invite you again to hear what the scripture is saying. Put Jesus above your heroes so that you will discover more deeply who God the Father is. Let's pray together. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you for your call, a father's call, a parent's call to listen to you first. God, we bring our heroes to you and we set them beneath you. And we acknowledge that the good we see in them is only your goodness reflected. Lord, help us to hear you before we hear any other voice in this time, in our culture, in our nation's struggle, in our own personal struggles, we pray. God, help us to fix our thoughts on Jesus, as the scripture says, the author and perfecter of our faith, that we might know you. We pray for this in Jesus' name, amen. Church, thanks for joining with us. Hope you have a terrific afternoon. Now may the love of God the Father, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of his Holy Spirit go with you throughout this week. Go with God. Tell someone you love.